Welcome to Mari Purple Talk, episode 122. I'm Richard Cole, and I have a special guest this week. Brother I've played with way back in the day. Way back. Way back. <laughs> yeah, you remember Alex B. from last episode. So now I've got the, I guess this is getting closer to a Beatles reunion here, folks. But I've got <laughs> the one, the only PC Munoz in the house. Yes, Welcome. thank you so much for having me, my man. Time. It's great. It is great to see you. It's great to hear you. We have been friends for over almost forty years. Oh man! <laughs> no, should I say that? Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> so, it's Woo. true though. It's true. And um, I was thinking. It's funny. I was thinking. I was driving. Um, I'm sorry. Before we get into the meat of what we're talking about, I was driving over by Fisherman's Wharf. Okay. Um, which, because I know um, you used to live in San Francisco as well, which is where yeah. we live. And I drove by the theater where we first, where we first kind of ran into each other <laughs> at a sign of the times screening, right? It was right. A sign of the times yes. screening. And uh, was this, the uh, movie theater is called North Point. It's not, it's not a movie theater anymore. It's the building oh, there, it's not a movie theater. It was, a, yeah, it was a cool art house theater in San Francisco down near Fisherman's, or near near Pier Thirty Nine at Fisherman's Wharf. Um, now it houses a, a Goodwill and a couple other things, I believe. Damn. <laughs> um, but I was over there in that area of the city, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll always remember, like, <laughs> that's where, because, you know, we had seen each other around campus. I was like, I know that dude. We, and there weren't that many people at that screening of Sign of the Times. Uh, really? I, I mean, it wasn't a packed house, but. Yeah, it wasn't packed, but it was like. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was kind of. Yeah, it was a few, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was kind of a. Not many people were aware of the movie yeah. being out. Yeah, and I, I think it got, you know, probably did a little better as it went along. But I remember somehow I wrangled a poster out of there. I don't oh, know how nice. I did that. <laughs> I kind of, I, I, you know, as as you always do when you're young and dumb, I don't have it anymore. Like somehow, oh. <laughs> you know, didn't even occur to me to keep it rolled up in a cylinder and, you know, keep yeah. it pristine. Frame I it, you know. Yeah. Frame it. Yeah. <clears throat> just put it on my dorm wall <clears throat> and uh, leave it like that. But yeah, you don't have you have no sense when you're that age, you know. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't know that, or do I? Have I uh, seen the, that? Yeah. yeah, I think you remember the poster. <laughs> it's um, and I don't remember. I don't know if I went back to the oh, theater wait. and asked them. I do remember that. Yeah, I remember it now. Yeah, I had it yeah. up in, in my in my dorm room. And I, again, it's one of those things like, I don't even know how, I didn't have a car. How, how did I get over there and ask for the poster? Like, how, like, it's all such a mystery when you think about it when you're that young. Like, how did you, and, and back back in those days, excuse me, <clears throat> like, how do you get anywhere? 
you figure it out. Yeah. So you get on the bus, somebody yeah. has a car, you, you don't know them, but yeah. somehow, <laughs> you know, <laughs> somehow you're in their car and they're, you're going somewhere. Um, that's, those are, those are funny now, days, you know, <laughs> we don't condone hitchhiking on this show. folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not hitchhiking, but just somehow ending up in somebody's car. <laughs> uh, it's funny, but yeah, somehow I've, I somehow ended up with a poster from that. It was from that theater. I think I must have, you know, ventured back there and begged for it somehow, <laughs> like when it closed. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And how would I have known that? Like, how? <laughs> the, that's, you know. that's heavy. I mean, you know, yeah, we go back to, yeah, Sign of the Times, those adventures, um, the Love Sexy Tour, you know, mm. the, you know, the four of us. You know, in our respective dates for that evening, yeah, we got to see the oh, Love Sexy yeah. tour, the after show at the Warfield. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That Love Sexy tour was fantastic, man. Uh, when he came in, when he drove on stage. I still think that was the best entrance I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Better than um, I asked the well, the first arena show I ever saw was the Jacksons. Um, oh, okay, um, nice Triumph. Um, that was the first, and that's a hell of a show. That was a hell of a show. And that was when, and Michael appeared out of the blue, you know, pow, you know, a cloud of smoke, pow. And I thought that was amazing. Um, but when Prince drove on stage. Oh, yeah, the Thunderbird. The T-Bird, yeah, the T-Bird. Yes. And then played basketball on stage. <clears throat> I was like, yeah, that was great. And you're right, that after show was, uh, was just splendid at the Warfield. Um, Stripped down show, long version of just my imagination, or something. yeah. And he did right. He did a little bit of wishing well, right? Yeah, he did a little bit. Did of wishing little well. He did, yeah, snippet. Don't stop to get enough. He did like three things. Oh, and we was, were like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think it was one of Madonna's, one of Terrence. Well, Sananda Matreya now, but right, uh, yeah, one yeah. of his. You yeah, did a Madonna sure. thing too? Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I remember because we were like, oh, oh, oh. Because we didn't, those were unexpected that he just little, oh, and he did, oh, didn't he do a little bit of um, of a Jam and Lewis production? Uh, I want to say he did a little bit of uh, What Have You Done For Me Lately? Yeah, I know he's done that later, like the new tour. Okay, maybe that was a different tour. But, but now, yeah, I was going to say, refresh, refresh my memory about that night. Didn't he like try to do his James Brown thing with the mic and he didn't catch the mic and it dropped and he got mad and like left for like 10 minutes? At the Warfield show or at yeah, the Love Sex at the main War, show? At the Warfield. Um, so at the Warfield, which is, uh, and so I'll set the stage for you for the listeners. So the Love Sexy show was in Oakland, the main show. And then we, <laughs> this is right, right? But then we, because we were just like young and just like, okay, let's get on the BART, which is the subway in the Bay Area, and get on and go back to San Francisco, <laughs> which is where we lived. And then found out there's an after show. Did, did we have tickets or did we chance yeah, it that we, we were gonna get tickets? We get, no, we got tickets. The minute we found out, we went that next morning to uh, Tower Records. Because oh, okay. yeah, Ticketmaster was selling them and we were in that long line. And what I remember about it, was Danny Glover driving up, <laughs> and it was Mar it was Mark that pointed him out. Oh, really? Okay. He's like, "Yo, isn't that Danny Glover?" <laughs> and we're looking at the car, and Danny Glover's looking like, 
he had this combination of I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just gonna call somebody I know and get tickets. <laughs> oh, he looked around at what was happening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he just I like pulled know. up. I forgot what he was driving. This big, like, uh, I don't want to say Cadillac, but it was like a big four-door sedan. And he just looked and he just had that that lethal weapon look on his face. Like he was like, mm. I'm too old for this. I'm <laughs> oh man okay so we secure tickets ahead of time that makes sense right and we is we scuttled back there and i don't, I don't remember the the um i don't remember him dropping it although that sounds so familiar though now i hadn't thought about it in a long time if there was a long break or like a 10 minute break and I, I remember about that show the thing i remember the most is the stripped down nature of it because we had just seen yeah. an arena show show right and and I feel like, like Sheila had like this tiny little rig, and 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 Matt had like one keyboard. <laughs> you know, it was like it was really stripped, and and very cool. I, I've never heard a bootleg from that show, but uh, I'm sure the set was. So, I, yeah, I want to say one ex it does exist. Okay. I want to say. Yeah. I wish I and I wish I had it both uh, the actual love sexy show and that. One. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Both those shows were both that was one of the greatest nights for me ever like to we had we had a lot of fun yeah it was great company <laughs> we we enjoyed the whole night and then i i um oh god yeah i mean i just it, it really stuck in my mind with the the whole experience mm. of it just you know that whole thing of like going to see an artist that you like at the time was such a huge deal yeah <laughs> it's such a privilege really to be able to go to a big concert like that and then follow it up with another one <laughs> um like, there's, what was that? I was gonna say, yeah. Who who else did that back then? Nobody. Yeah, really. nobody was doing yeah. stuff like that. You know, the closest for me was, um, I think, around the same time when you two came and played the Embarcadero and did that. Mm. You know, they did that show down at the at the Embarcadero under the water in San Francisco, and in, in Botano spray painted the sculpture there at the Justin Herman Plaza, um, or formerly Justin Herman Plaza. And um, and then that footage ended up in Rattle and Hum. Ah, okay. That was that was a that was a really fun year of um, you know, you know going to these concerts by these major artists who were doing incredible work at the time. Yeah, it's nice, and you know a lot of them now they're starting to you know if they haven't already retired, they're on their last tours. You know, which kind of brings us to our first topic. Uh, we got Morris Day, you know, he announced that he's on his last album as a solo artist, his last tour. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he just announced the first single from that project. The album is called Last Call. Good title. The album, yeah, it's called Last Call. And then the single is called used to be a player and it's going to be a duet with snoop dog it's got snoop right yeah yeah, yeah it's funny because as i mentioned before we started recording i um i didn't know about this i somehow missed it i do follow um uh, morris on social media but um i somehow missed that and then when you told me i went and looked it up and saw what he said i am indeed retiring and i was like yeah. wow um so he took a look around thought okay um, but it sounds like he's got he wants to do this album and tour kind of big and then hang up the Stacey's is what he says. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So God, you know, good for him. That's that's the direction he needs to go, and <clears throat> he certainly has a lot of fans to support this last effort. So um, I'll be watching, see what he's doing. I've always enjoyed his drumming and his comedy and and everything, and his front man biz, all of it. Yeah, I know. We uh, last episode we kind of touched on all of that. You know, his musicianship. You know how basically, you know. Prince or Prince and Moore's created this persona, you know, that he's had to live up to. And, <laughs> right, yeah. you know, and as the technology advanced, you know, he couldn't be like I compared him like, you know, like to a Ringo Starr or a Benny Benjamin or somebody to where they he could have made a name as a bonafide session musician because he is one heck of a drummer. Yeah, really good drummer. Yeah. A strong drummer. So, yeah, that's right. He could have just said, okay, I'll just be playing drums. But he has this other thing that they that they made this funny character mm. you know, who's, um, you know, he's got a certain way of talking and laughing and dressing. And so I'm, all, I'm stuck there, but I'm, my voice is going. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um, the wonders of technology. <laughs> yeah, it happens from time to time. I'm sure I'll snap, I'll snap back. Snap back. Double check but my yeah. wife. Yeah, cool. But yeah, I mean, it's um, I don't know. It's weird because it. You're right. It did come out of the blue. Um, I knew he was going to drop an album, and I thought that was going to be the topic of the episode. Where okay, cool, Morris is coming out with a new album. Then I think maybe a day or two before really planning the show, you know, he makes that announcement, and. I think the key with this is that he's ending as a solo artist and he's left the door open to, well, if the original members of the time want to do something. I'm oh, that. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. So you, you, you got that feeling you're intuiting that or you feel like that seems like the right move or. Uh, or... Yeah. I mean, he did let that out in the uh, interview with billboard magazine. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of one of those, you know, I don't know if he intended for that to slip or, you know, if it was just, okay, well, these are my intentions. I'm going to, if I want to do something as Moore's Day, I'll do it with the time. But it sounds like he's off into other business ventures too. Maybe biopics are in the works, um, maybe uh -huh. some branding, you know, as far as like, you know, I know he's got like an endorsement thing with Stacey Adams. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, I mean, any more thoughts on the new single? No, but I was happy. I like Snoop. So those two. Yeah. Make, I mean, it's a natural. And they've done stuff before. So um, and didn't, didn't Snoop do like a cool, he did like a thing with cool, right? I feel like he sampled cool or, or used, used a bit of cool at some point. I forget the yeah. name of the song. Oh, um, yeah. Kind of one of his more recent, well, yeah. maybe not recent, but yeah, like like last five, yeah, ten not, years or so, yeah, yeah. Not when not when he first started, but right. like um, yeah, a little bit down the line. Like I feel like it was right around when he was when he did that piece with the Everlast, um, right around maybe early two thousands or late nineties or something, um, or, or maybe a little later. But yeah, I know that he did something with with straight out the the keyboard line from Cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm about to check that one out. I know I've heard um, their last duet, Lil Mo Funk. 
Okay. And I thought that was nice. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I heard that. That's cool. Yeah, so th those two make sense. Mm. And like uh, Snoop is around our age, he's just a fan like us, right? We yeah. To work with Morris, so that's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely can't wait to check it out. And everybody out there, check it out. You know, let's support this brother on the, you know, the closing of the solo career and wish him luck on whatever he does next. For sure. Yeah, so yeah, Morris Day. And we'll have more Morris Day later on in the show, but right now we're gonna move on to some purple pieces. So just uh, some tidbits of stuff that's been happening over the past week. Uh, we've got Jellybean Johnson that will be appearing in the cutting room in New York City. Nice. That'll be, okay. yeah, it'll be October 5th, 2022. So if you're in the New York area, definitely check that out. Mm. Um, got uh, Steve Park. He's going to drop another book mm. on April 23rd of 2023. And that one's going to be called Prince icon mm, so like throughout spanning all the years that he shot him right yeah kind okay. of similar wow. to um the david bowie book that dropped okay. uh, last year wow yeah that's exciting oh yeah can't wait for that <clears throat> and then speaking of books we got Dwayne toot hall that made his announcement on the podcast juice episode uh he's going to he's working on the third volume of his print studio sessions anthology uh there will be a paperback release of the parade sign of the time sessions mm. and the announcement that was dropped when you pick that up on october 15th there will nice. be a sneak <laughs> preview chapter nice of the next book <laughs> <laughs> which, will cool. which will cover the love sexy era <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting is that you know, one of my favorite tracks from that era, the uh, Parade Side Times era, is uh, All My Dreams. So yeah. I was really excited when um, when that made it onto the um, to the deluxe, to the reissue of Side Times. Times. Yeah. Um, from what was that, tw late 2019 when that came out? Was right. That? No, no. Was it, it was during the pandemic? When was that? Uh, no, was that pre pandemic? Silent Times was after. I think that was like... Wait, let's see. Night, let's see. Uh, the 1999 Super Deluxe, that was 2019. So that yeah, was you're 2019. right. 2019. 2020. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I think it was 2020. Yeah. So, uh, but I was so excited because I always loved that song and, and I always wanted to hear what it actually sounded like. So it was great to hear. And I would love to learn as much as I can about those sessions and, and that, everything that was happening. There was really exciting... Mm. Uh, kind of baroque pop funk that they were exploring. At yeah, that point. I'm about to say you put me on to that track, didn't you? I may have. Yeah, somebody yeah. Um, that I probably got that from Anthony Two Moons, a photographer in New York, um, and he always somehow <laughs> had access to something, <laughs> and and you know that would I would get a tape in the mail, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, check this out. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, and all those, those tapes are always like suspect quality. So, and you, <laughs> oh, and you feel a little guilty about it, you know, as a fan until, until that one interview with Prince where he said, I, I don't mind as long as you, you don't sell it. Sell it. Yeah. 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 Um, so then I felt a little better about it. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> but yeah, back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you just, people would just, if fellow Prince fans would just 
give you stuff. You just go like, I, I somehow have this. You wouldn't ask. You just go, okay. But you remember uh, listen to it. <laughs> remember uh, Spin Magazine? Mm -hmm. I remember buying an issue of Spin Magazine, and in the back, in the like in the ad, there was an advertisement for like a Prince fanzine. Hmm. And I don't know why that caught my eye at that point. I'm like, Prince fanzine. I'll just send away for, for information. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I had nothing to lose. It didn't cost me any money, but a stamp. Yeah. So I sent away for it. And what I got back <laughs> were like these like Xerox copies of different, like it was a list of like different Prince bootlegs. Uh, oh yeah. So it was, I never got the magazine, but that's what no they zine. sent. Yeah. Uh, so they were looking, yeah, that's how they got you. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I don't, remember, I, think... I don't remember seeing that in back of spin, but I believe <laughs> I totally believe that story. And back then it was like really easy to um well somebody won't say real easy. It was just like Prince fans would somehow have these things. You would hear these songs like Schoolyard yeah. and and on things like All My Dreams, which I always thought was whatever tape I had of it, um was always um one of my favorites from the from that era. So it's really nice to hear it for real. Yeah. Um, and I would love to hear more about how all that stuff went down. So that's cool. That's exciting. Yeah. So now, did you have that volume in the Purple Rain Sessions volume? or? No, I don't have any of the books. Oh, but, dude, um, yeah. Yeah. By I love means. that stuff, though. I love yeah. um, reading about the sessions and um, especially, you know, from whatever. Like, I really like um, all of Susan Rogers' interviews and and writings that she does about it because she's so clear and she's um, such an important partner for him so i always like reading yeah. the stuff she says uh, and i yeah it's it's always really cool to see that because they were doing such interesting stuff sonically it's um you know it's it's interesting to hear the stories yeah oh yeah you will definitely love those books um and especially if you're a fan of the parade sign of the times era yeah it because it's more you know, you do have books that just talk about the session, you know, like yeah. who played what, and, you know, what board, what engineer did this, what tricks they used. Uh, but because this is Prince we're talking about, and because the way that Dwayne Tudhall went about interviewing literally everybody involved in all of those sessions, you know, the Sign of the Times book, it's, it's a story, you know, it's yeah. a story, but it's also factual information. You know, because you do get the story of what happened or what was going on actually in the studio when certain songs were being recorded. Right. Or all the of the vibe, songs. What right. the vibe was like and what was happening around in life yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. And if you can, yeah, get the uh, paperback. So both Purple Rain and the Sound of, Parade Sound of the Times volume. Because uh, there is extra information in those as opposed to the, the hardcover. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then this one, like I said, it's going to be, there's a sneak preview of the Love Sexy chapter. So I'm, I'm excited for that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. So, and then, uh, I don't know, what about uh, Jelly Bean or the Steve Park book? Yeah, those all sound great. I mean, Jelly Bean is, is funny. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know he played guitar until I was in a studio with, with Matt Fink somewhere or in Minneapolis. And he was telling me, oh yeah, this Bean's got this thing where he plays guitar. And I said, oh, he, he plays guitar? He said, yeah, he's really good. And I said, I have no idea. 
And then um, I did. We, I can't remember what happened, but he was telling me he's like, yeah, he's he's great. And th then I started paying attention and seeing um, what he was doing as a solo artist. And he's got a bunch of stuff going on. He's been putting out a number of things as a solo artist. And I have a friend out here in, in Southern California who's uh, close with them and and gets involved with different things, different act activities of Jelly Bean. Um, so it's nice to see. Yeah. It's um, it's nice to see these guys doing their thing and and you know continuing these things. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's uh, him when he does live performances. Yeah, it's him and it's him and the guitar. Um, lots of funk, lots of blues. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> nice know, blues. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember when I. I want to say maybe the first time I think I knew that he played guitar was on the Control album. Mm, okay. uh, that track, uh, You Can Be Mine. And I remember reading the credits and I'm like, what? You saw the games on the. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously those guys knew he played guitar. Right. But, but we didn't. And you you had Eagle Eye there. I don't think I even noticed that. Yeah. And um, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, because I missed, um, like now, um, was it The Innocent by Alexander O'Neill? Mm, okay. Because I thought, like, okay, that's mm. Jesse and they just not. <laughs> you know, you know, record company politics just yeah. didn't put his name on the record, but come to find out that was Jelly Bean. That's Jelly Bean. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, so those guys all knew he could play. Right. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Gotta support gotta support Jelly Bean, a talented guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get enough credit like he should. Yeah, great drummer, great guitar player, and keeping going too. And nice guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, F Deluxe. They were in Chicago. This was 2013, and I went to go see them at the City Winery, and kind of like got to hang out after the show. Oh, met nice. Them. Yeah. <laughs> How long does it take you to get over to Chicago? Uh, it used to be like a five-hour drive. Um, I think it's been shortened to maybe two or three now. Oh, nice. Okay. Nowadays, but um, if even if you fly, it's like a 45-minute flight. Yeah, easy, yeah. right? Oh yeah, it's even closer to be, to be from like between Barry and L.A. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I miss that Prince immersive experience. Mm, yeah, yeah. 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 So, I read about still, that. Yeah, hopefully that'll still be around because I wouldn't mind checking that out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So, all right. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> yep, the man, the drums, the guitar. <laughs> Now, you know, um, we've been talking a lot about the Bay Area, you know, and Mr. Munoz here is one of the, I don't know what we're going to call it, the, the <laughs> pillars of Bay Area funk. I appreciate and, that. You know, or what he calls art funk or one of my favorite words from the man, ear snacks. <laughs> <laughs> ear snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I have stolen that and have used it for a lot of stuff. <laughs> Ear snacks, yes. It's sort of Pedro Bellion. I wonder if I've got that from him. <laughs> yeah, it's, rest uh, in peace, Pedro. Rest yes. in peace. He's, um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, Always with the ear snacks. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, he's been doing his own thing. He's been independent. Um, you know, Prince was big on independence, ownership. Uh, this is one of the living examples 
of that. So you aspiring artists out there, definitely. This is a brother you can use as an example and learn a lot from. And he's also worked with some major talent in the Minneapolis scene as well, like uh, Ingrid Chavez, yes, Dr. Fink. Yeah, so, Fink. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, tell us what, you know, what you're working on and what's happening. Yeah. Um, thank you for that intro, by the way. Oh, we we go anytime. we go back a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> so we were talking earlier. We won't we won't we won't put a number on the years like we did pregame. Not <laughs> scare anybody off. Yeah, but, just like Fred Sanford. A lot of years. A lot of years. <laughs> yes. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um yeah, but it's a it's really great to, to see you and hear you and talk about this stuff with you. So yeah, man, there's a bunch of stuff. We talked a little bit pregame about the thing I just dropped, which is um, uh, a thing called Dance With You. It's a single with a singer from San Francisco named Amaliana and then my son, Miguel, who plays flute. And um, we were talking pregame about, for me, this was a chance to kind of work on a track that my teenage son would want to work on because mm -hmm. there's a bunch of my stuff that he's not that into and you know and that's fine um so i thought okay if i'd like if I, i'd like to get his talents on something i do i gotta figure out a way to crack the track that he'd be like hey this is cool yeah <laughs> and so i started doing using some songwriting mythologies that i don't usually use like using some samples and things like that and just trying to craft a track that i thought okay he could dig into this because a lot of um a lot of uh, the ways I'm getting exposed to current EDM and pop is through him. So I was kind of taking all that in and going, okay, how can I take those influences and still keep what I do and make something that he would want to play on? And mm -hmm. We ended up with this track, Dance With You, which is a lot of fun and um, very cool to have uh, my son on the track with me and Ameliana, who's the vocalist on it. She's really great. Um, so we dropped that in late July and then um, I have this duo with the rapper Dem One called Right Starter, which is you know named after a Public Enemy song yeah. uh, from, <laughs> Yo, from Yo Bum Rush the Show. I still lo I love that record so much because Ooh, it's just drums yeah. and voices. It's just it's all it is. It's I just love that so much. <laughs> so, oh, getting busy while I'm shaking. Yeah, it's <laughs> I just that love that album. You on the ground, Chuck D. Chuck yeah. D. So it's just and that whole sportscaster thing he had going. It's just like that to me is. I mean, I know everybody talks about yeah. Nation of Millions, and I personally love um, Fear of the Black Planet a lot, maybe yeah. even more than Nation of Millions. Um, but Yo Bum Rush the Show because it's so yes. attached to to my, me personally. It's like it just mm. you just put that on, and you're gonna get yours. Comes on, it's just like yes, yeah, <laughs> love all that. My ninety-eight. <laughs> yeah, so that yes. that just means oh, so man. that's that's and and this rapper I work with Dem One who's from San Jose. Um, he we both are big pe fans so when we were coming up with this duo concept we're like let's just call it right starter um, as a nod to because it's a very um politically active kind of duo and we just wanted to mm -hmm. give a nod to, to, to chuck with, with with that um so we have a new single coming out called write my eulogy in blood and wow, nice. it is um <laughs> it's cool <laughs> it's really funky it'll come out probably september 30th um putting the finishing mastering touches on it now uh, but i'll get like i usually do i'll give you that sneak preview okay richard richard cole always gets the uh, often gets the, the, the <laughs> sneak preview before the public hears it because he's the homie like that so um you're a dance thank with you, you. thank you when uh, 
Of course, and then uh, right when Mike Brown Eulogy Bloods Radio, I'll send you that thing so you okay. can check that out because that's a really cool one. It's um, it features an instrument I've been playing a lot called slapstick, which is um, it is the best way I can describe it is an electric drum on a stick. It is an uh, invention by a guy named Andy Graham who lives here in the Bay Area, and um, I've it's just opened me up to a lot of things mm-hmm. percussion wise as a drummer and as even as just doing production stuff. Um, it, uh, it, 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 as a drummer, it's just so cool to be able to bend notes. <laughs> like there, there, there are some different, there are some things I yeah. can do with the slapstick that you can't do with a drum. Well, some, some drums sure. you can bend notes, but, um, it takes, it's a different sort of uh, yeah, mechanism. Percussions. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this thing is, is, is really cool. And it's, for me, it's also ancestral cause it's sort of like a, I always, I also describe it as a, um, uh, as a um, electric berimbau or um, the balimbau tuzin, which is from Micronesia, which is where my dad's from, which is a, one of the one string instruments related to the African diddlipo. So just, it, it has this call of the ancestors where it's it's rhythm and it's tone, but it's it's like, it has this really like guttural feel to it. that's real powerful and, and fun to play. And I've been playing it live. I played it, um, at the San Jose Jazz Festival in July, is that right? In August, right. No, August. Yeah. Sorry, August. Um, right, started played that festival. Um, we played it with Demon, uh, the rapper, myself, and Brian Dyer, who's a member of um, Bobby McFerrin's uh, vocal group Motion, and um, really a lot of fun to do that. So um, this that song, "Wrap My Eulogy in Blood," focus has a. a has the slapstick all over it some really great lyrics and real vocals by dem one so uh, like i said i think september 30th okay nice yeah i can't wait to hear that one for sure and, yeah yeah and then dem one was he part of that show you did with um and this is cool too um where you guys you took like the music of prince but then you sang bob dylan Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And vice versa. So, yes, we did, uh, (laughs) excuse me, we did Positively Alphabet Street. That was what we called that show. Positively Alphabet Street, a tribute to the the other Minnesota twins. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you came to that show. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I do these concerts at the Berkeley Art Museum in Berkeley, California, about once a year. Um, Myself and Sean Carson, who's one of the programming people there, been very kind to me to it's always uh, down to uh, help me bring my concepts there. So that one was, I said, I'd like to do this mashup of Prince and Dylan. And, you know, um, some other people might run scared, but he was like, yeah, let's do that. So, yeah, uh, we did uh, a mix of, sometimes it was Prince lyrics over Dylan music. Sometimes it was Dylan lyrics over Prince music. Sometimes it was both and everything all at once. Mashup, true um, man, yeah. Yeah, true mashup. It was... Um, but some of the some of the things were really cool. Like we did, um, got to serve somebody over sign of the times. I yes, remember I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one did. of the highlights. Of- that was a cool one. And then yeah, Dem, you're right. Dem one did, he did he rapped subterranean homesick blues over um, let's go crazy groove. Yeah, and it, it was rocking. It, it was um, a, a lot of fun. We did. Oh, it's all right, mom only bleeding. We did. Um, a uh, little bit of tangled up in blue with 
with when doves cry i must say yeah that um, sounds yeah because i like yeah tangled up in blue is one of my favorite dylan yeah that's fantastic yeah. you know yeah pretty sure we, we we mashed that with with doves and we did that the whole night and it was it was lovely and i actually wouldn't mind doing that show again and yeah you came all the way out oh yeah i <laughs> saw that show <laughs> you would um, now stand on uh I think it might have been Facebook, but yeah, you announced that. I'm like, ah, oh, I got to see this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's so cool. Because I knew, yeah, I knew you were gonna pull it off. It was like, oh, I got, <laughs> I have to be here for that. <laughs> in fact, you do it again. Look, even if I'm just in a corner banging a tambourine, I just <laughs> <laughs> never That's mind so the cool, bass. Man. I, you know, <laughs> you got good bass players. I'll just show up and <laughs> and be right there. That was so cool that uh, that you were there again. It was like a super fun show to put together and we also in the middle smack dab in the middle of that show because i think it was john cage's birthday or something we did a john cage piece right in the middle we yeah. did 433 mm -hmm. we did 433 right yeah. in the middle of um subterranean we paused for four minutes 33 seconds and well, everybody just staring at us and that was interesting yeah uh, we and then later i bragged that was the funkiest version of 433 ever. <laughs> yeah um, oh yeah, some fun. That was that was fun. But yeah, good memory. Dem Dem was uh, he joined us and did that uh, subterranean that day. Yeah, so that was that was a cool show. Did you ever get any feedback from like did Prince ever hear about it? Because that was I that was 2013. So yeah, it was before Prince passed. Yeah, I don't know if he heard about it or if Dylan heard about it. Um, but you know, there's like you mentioned before. I, there's a bunch of people that I've worked with from that world and the news gets around. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh. somehow he had heard about <laughs> it. Um, but I've, I never got any feedback from the, those people themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but people who came to the show loved it. Yes. And I was really grateful for that. We did it. Um, we did it once at the Berkeley Art Museum. We did it once at, uh, I think I want to say we did it at the Red Poppy. Um, which is a venue in San Francisco, small small venue in San Francisco. Is that the same week? Or? I don't know. I was just there for like, because I came in specifically for that. So I was there like maybe the course of that weekend. Oh, no. It, no, it was like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think I left Sunday. Yeah. So you said like did you show. did it later. Yeah, we did it like um, maybe a month later or a month before. Okay. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But it was roughly in the same like season. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Too bad that you know there's not like um around. Is there like official video? No, there was a little. Um, oh, we did. Um, uh, Lay, lady, lay a doomy baby. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that that I mean, I'm sexy. <laughs> 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 and there was a little recording of, of that that I did with the guitarist Michael Cavaceno, great guitarist, who uh, played that show. And um, mm -hmm. we did a little, um, we did a little recording of that where it was uh, "Lay Lay Lay" with the Doobie Baby chords, um, or what's the name of the uh, Eddie Hazel song that everybody says that those guys took the, those changes from. Um, I can't remember the name. Off the uh, first Eddie Hazel record? Yeah. There's an Eddie Hazel track that that everybody goes, wow, Andre and Prince just um, 
they must have been listening to a lot of that Eddie Hazel record because there's a, there's a few chords in there that you you can hear what they're yeah. talking. About. I can't I can't remember the name of the song. Uh, um, I have to look <laughs> I have to look that one up because like on a it's funny you mentioned that because every time I hear Hard Rock Lover, it's like I know he definitely pinched a lot of those chords and scales from March to the Witch's Castle. Ah, okay. Funkadelic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a different, like, Funkadelic. He, I mean, obviously, he was listening to Funkadelic. And to me, he was also always listening to a lot of Stones. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. like to me, that's like, there's a lot of stuff I didn't even think about. Like, to me, Uptown has, like, a oh, yep. connection to Uptown Miss You. Yeah. Little Red Corvette, had to me, has a connection to Start Me Up. And Thieves in the Temple has a connection to... Um, that's a, I can't remember the love comes. I can't remember the same thing. The first line is love comes in the stone mm. song. Um, not love come quick, but something else. I can't remember exactly the name of the song, but, mm. um, but you know, he was good at that. He was good at like being inspired by something and make something and kind make of, it his own, yeah. make it his own. Just turn it in is, you know, that almost using a folk tradition type approach. Like, mm. I like this I'll all twist it. And I'll make it mine and do it this way. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's one of the reasons why he was such a special dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's. I know we haven't really. Yeah, we haven't really talked since mm -mm. before 2016 because it was just so. Yeah, it was so heavy. Mm. I think we yeah. we just texted a little bit. Like, wow. Yeah. We didn't have a chance to talk heavily and. <clears throat> it was big. I mean, I heard from a lot of people those that week, you know? Oh, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm and, sure. Yeah. Me and the, the artist known as Alex B, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, we didn't, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just too heavy. And I mean, even now, you know, a hundred, over a hundred episodes into the podcast, you know, it's, uh, sometimes, you know, it does get a little heavy to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's like you hear, but when you hear a great artist, uh, one of your favorite artists, and you, you hear um, their, especially his voice, like when you hear Prince's voice, when you hear him doing his thing, sometimes my wife would be like, ah, it's because you hear the vo that voice. You know, you're not yeah. going to hear that voice doing something new again. You can, you can hear all the things that you love, and, and that's still great, of course, but, but you'll never hear him doing something that you haven't heard other than the stuff that's been recorded. It's in the, yeah, unless it's in the vault. You know, yeah, exactly. Except for the, yeah, exactly. Stuff yeah. that's been recorded will come out later, but, but he's not going to, he's not able to do it live anymore. And, no. Um, same thing without, you know, Eddie Van Halen. So I was, had some <clears throat> Van Halen on in the car um, over the weekend, over this just, you know, yesterday. And I was like, ah, like, nobody play like that. Just, well, people can copy him, but there's nobody yeah. that's going to voice things the way he did with that. That funky rhythm and those stings and the way he played. Yeah, it's like um, just you. You miss. You know that's why it's good to to give them their flowers and and, and enjoy them while you can. To see them if you can. Yeah. Because people like that, like Edward, like Prince, it's important for musicians to go and appreciate them. Oh yeah, yes, definitely check them out while they're here. Sure. That's uh. Yeah, so Mr. PC Munoz and 
like I said, upcoming projects, definitely check it out. I mean, check out a lot of his past work as well. I mean, this, you know, very creative. Thank yeah. you, man. Yeah, you can yeah. check out stuff at pcmunoz.com, pcmunoz.com. The Bandcamp page is my name, pcmunoz.bandcamp.com. There's a bunch of stuff on there. <laughs> um, lots of different things. Yeah, between so between the new single Dance With You that just came out and then the Right Starter single, which will be on my Bandcamp page. Um, and you can also check out rightstarterproject.com where there's a bunch of info about uh, Right Starter. And then later this year, there'll be another duo album with the piano player Ira Kamen, nice. who's, who's uh, from out your way, Midwestern guy who, who um, came out to California with Michael Bloomfield. Okay. He was their best friends, came out together, played some blues, came to the barrier, landed, immediately got involved with all these different Brewer and Shipley and Mother Earth and all that whole, that whole crew. And, um, and he's, I met him because we played gospel together and he, his style is kind of like this wild avant-garde, avant-garde classical, avant-garde jazz, free, free blues. It's, it's very difficult to explain, to, to describe. Um, and when we play together, it, it's, um, it's wild. And we made a record in 2013, so almost 10 years ago, and we're, we're going in for more sonic pugilism in October. Nice. And the, the follow up, <laughs> the follow up will come out before the end of the year. We will have the follow up out to that to that record, uh, piano and drums, um, Iron Cayman and PC. So that that's another one. So it's been it's a good year for putting stuff out. Oh yeah, like I said, can't wait to check out all of it, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for your support over the years. I was giving a shout and. Um, you know, and, and, and coming out. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like I said, that was one, one of the coolest moments for me was when you were like, yeah, I'm coming for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I knew you and I knew you were going to because, you know, when people, a lot of people say they're coming for something and they don't come. But oh, yeah. I, I know. I, come. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got to stop doing this where it's like, it's, it, I feel like a comet or something because it's like, oh, yeah, I just show up every 10 years. You know? <laughs> it's like, man, no, I got to, got to find a way to come out there more often. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's a picture of you um from yeah, from like two thousand three. Um, which was ten years before the um the You're right, yeah. Damn. So exactly. Yeah, 10 and years. you came to see the Amen Corner, right? You came to see the Amen yes. Corner. Um there's a bunch of shots of of you and a few different people at that show. Yeah. So you do, man. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> on on your comment tip. Top, yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I know this Zoom link here. I think oh, is going to try to is going to try to shut us down in a few minutes. But if that does, then through the magic of editing, <laughs> okay. we'll reestablish the link and then we'll you know go from there. But yeah, we'll keep it going. Uh, so we're going to move on to the flashback portion of the show. Okay. Yeah, and we're going to flash back since we talked about the last Morris Day record. We're gonna talk about the first Morris Day oh, record. Yeah. <laughs> the Color of Success, which came out, I think, <coughs> September 11th of 1985. Wow, I remember <laughs> that. I remember the single. I remember seeing that album, wonder what was going on. It's back then, you're young, you don't really know what's going on. Right. Yeah, we didn't have no internet, no Twitter, social media, yeah. nothing. It's, it's all magic you don't know exactly what kind of personal things might happen you don't 
you don't understand the business. You don't understand any of it. All I knew was what he's, it's his name. Like, you know, <clears throat> and you just, you know, yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> and like nowadays you just pop on your phone and Google some, you know, find out whatever it is, whatever. Some to it, like in the case of Moore's with this record, I'm coming out with a record. You know, you don't have to wait for the next issue of Rolling Stone or no. the next issue. In this case, back then, it was uh, it was right on magazine. <laughs> right on. Yeah. And <clears throat> even then, you didn't get really the whole story. It was just like rumors. Nah. No, yeah. Cynthia Horner held back. Yeah. Hold <laughs> <laughs> out on us on this one. <laughs> yeah. She, um, I loved that magazine, though, because they had... Um, they had they did that one new a new wave issue with Prince on the cover, yeah, and they did uh, <clears throat> well because I had a massive crush on Janet Jackson, and they used to have some cute pictures of her. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> we yeah. Are, <laughs> we all did. Yeah, so it was like they had some. Yeah, really I still cute got the first record. Oh yeah, that yeah. she looks really cute in on the, all those pictures in the in that first record. When that first record, the Young Love. What was yeah. that a big single? What was this? What was yeah, that, that was one? the first. Yeah, the first single, and then um, I don't know what else. I like another the, one. <clears throat> it was the one. I think it was Foster Silvers. Oh, I don't yeah. know if I can't remember if Howard Hewitt had anything to do with like the writing or something, but it was Foster Silvers. I think did most of the track, but it was kind of a new wave. Okay. kind of a track. Uh, Come give your love to me. That track. I think it was the oh, last song yeah. on the record. Yeah. Yeah, that's on that record. That's on that first record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come give your love to me. That was a cool song. And then what's yeah. the second, the second album? Because Jesse Johnson got involved in the second one, right? Right. Yeah. The, what, um, what was that single from the second one? Uh, Where she's going like this on this on the 45 cover. It's, um, God. It was Don't Stand Another Chance. Yeah, you yeah, don't stand another chance. Yeah. Then, that's a cool song. <laughs> yeah, took a tongue down. And then what the B side Fast Girls, right? Yeah, that was Je yeah, Jesse did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah don't stand another yeah. chance. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, God. And she was she was so adorable. I mean she still is, but there it's um but yeah, right on was my go-to place for for that, and for yeah, info on um, on these artists that like Shalimar, people that you wanted to find out about because they weren't all in like People, right? People Magazine you know. or Rolling Stone, or Rolling oh, People Stone. Magazine, Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, People <laughs> Rolling Stone. Um, Call right on Magazine because <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. It doesn't really... <laughs> It's good. It's a good lyric reference, right? There you go. <laughs> oh, totally. um, yeah, that was to me. That was really important because yeah. it was like you, that's how you found out about some of the the R and B artists is mm -hmm. through right on. Like, yeah, it's the only way you could find out some some stuff about some of these people is like, like they were getting press in the other areas. So right, um, like you know, uh, yeah, especially if they were kind of like like the solar artists. I don't know, nobody was covering them in, in like Rolling Stone. But yeah, Jody was in there. You could get yeah. stuff about Shalmar and Howard and all them guys. And because uh, I don't know, I don't know if Solar was real big in the Midwest, but here in California, that was dominating. Oh, dude, yeah. Solar, the 
all the solo acts, uh, Shalimar, Whispers, Whispers. Lakeside. Yeah, I mean. Real to Real, remember Real to Real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, a Collage. Collage, yeah. yeah collage, <laughs> which is, those guys are from Bay Area. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. It was, uh, I love that. I love everything about them. I loved um, the way uh, uh, Silver's played bass on it and produced all that stuff. I liked, um, I just liked that whole sound. You know, they yeah. did so, they did so well. Sound of Los Angeles, building this, this sound up. And, um, and yeah, and right on was a place where you could learn all about it all about them artists. I, st I remember reading an interview with George Clinton in Ride On. My first time I ever saw an interview with him Oh wow! was in Ride okay. On. And I, I remember this, so he was talking about, um, he was neighbors with Ted Nugent. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, Ted, I see him every now and then. He comes down. This is before Ted was you know, mouthing off about everything. Yeah. Um, he said, um, he said, actually, Ted's an intelligent dude. Um, and we live kind of close to each other. In, I guess this is when George was living in Michigan, he was mm -hmm. a farm or something. I don't know if he still does. Um, and they were talking about that, and there was a cool shot of him. I can't remember. It must have been around the time of computer games. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, cool. We were stalling here because I know it's going to try to shut me down again. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, thanks to the magic of television, we are back. Yes. <laughs> back, so we're going to actually talk, we were stalling for time because we knew the technical gremlins were going to come in and get us. So so we're back to the Color of Success, Morris yes. Day album. Yeah, we knew kind of post-Purple Rain that he was leaving the time, but, you know, we didn't know when an album was dropping, but in the fall of 95, or excuse me, fall of 85, yeah. And we got the oak tree, the single, the video. Which is cool. Yeah. Which <laughs> is cool. I think it's kind of one of my favorite <laughs> videos of, um, you know, him with or without the time. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's it's very reminiscent of the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's the era. Yeah. But also of the group. The group, um, yeah. And then, you know, and then in the, was it in the... Uh, Love Bizarre video, Prince had a little fun with the with the oak tree and chopping it down. Yep, I remember that. I remember I borrowed your uh, VHS. Of that? Yeah. Of that, yeah. <laughs> Where was chop. that? Yeah, chop. One more time. Chop again. Yeah. <laughs> chop one more time. <laughs> oh, man, I still love finding that on YouTube and just rewatching yeah. that yeah <laughs> i saw somebody um sent that to me recently like remember this remember this i had totally forgotten oh that. yeah we because <laughs> you're right i had that on vhs yeah oh man i just i enjoyed that again that's one another one of my favorite kind of prince moments you know mm -hmm. live or recorded yeah that's a fun one and you know and taking nothing away from the record i thought i thought that was a really strong um like solo single yeah it's dance based and fun and had a sense of humor and you know this is a cool move for him i thought oh, yeah. he, i thought he looked cool on the cover and it made oh, sense yeah. for him to do it and i remember uh i mean he was doing more acting at the time too right I mean, he was in the 
I don't I remember when Ford, when Ford Fairlane came out, but that was is that eighty nine or something like that? Yeah, Ford Fairlane, and then there was a what was the Richard Pryor movie? Uh, that he, he was in. He had like yeah, he was in for like maybe five or ten minutes of that. Okay, yeah, I, I can't don't remember. remember. Yeah, was, now it's Morris was in that, and then was there a show? Yeah, um, <laughs> was it? He was a. Uh, he was a hairdresser, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Then there was a comedy a, show. Yeah, there was a pilot, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think um, it's never been seen by anybody. I know um, if you look up like different interviews with Jerome, he'll mention. He'll it. talk about it. Yeah, and they were playing like hotel security. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I remember the hairdresser thing, and I remember them talking about him. Uh, being an, an actor, like doing more comedy and stuff, and yeah. it's been nice to see him doing more things like that because he was a natural. Oh yeah, in that yeah realm. I think he, he is a natural in that realm. Oh yeah, I think. Yeah, who knows? Maybe that might be some of what he's doing now. Yeah, it could yeah. be like he's heading that way, and uh, you know, in terms of his career, just still lots of time to do different things. Yes. Yes. But I know the record, um, like you said, the single was very, it was a strong single. Yeah. And the video, I mean, it, you know, talk about, you know, we talk about branding and marketing. That was very clever. And it was a pretty bold statement to say, look, okay, I'm out of the Prince camp and this is what I could do by myself. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, for sure. There was like, um, I feel like there almost is like, there are no appearances of, Jamie Prince and Jamie Starr. I feel like that's even printed on there. I don't think it is, but it's like it almost goes that far, right? It's, right. It's like <laughs> it's it's really clear, like, um, and I, I don't blame them because you know you get t you get stuck in and kind of pigeonholed in that way, like, oh, you're one of you know you're in that group, and mm -hmm. there's a bunch of there's a bunch of advantages being associated with Prince, but then there's disadvantages too, where people might not know all your gifts. Yeah. So um, it's bold. It's bold to go and say, hey, I, this is what I got to offer. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, he could have easily gone to Jam and Lewis or mm -hmm, yeah. brought in Jesse for a guitar solo or even a, you know, even a track or two. But he, I mean, he definitely proved his point with this one. Um, I know when the album itself dropped, uh, the title track, Color of Success, I mean, I fell in love with that instantly. Yeah, it's a cool song. Yeah. And again, you know, it was kind of like the opening statement, you know, even with the little skits in the background, mm -hmm. you know, talking about, well, you know, well, what will Duke Morris do now? What will I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's directly addressing what, yeah. you know, people, what was the scuttlebutt probably most likely. Yeah. So it was, it was good and, and very cool to see people do that, like striking out and doing their own thing. Yeah. And the, you know, he had studio musicians, but. You know, he did, of course, the, a lot of the drums himself, maybe some of the keyboards himself, and, and you know, showed that he was also a competent producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember hearing that single on the radio going, okay, and it had just enough of a Minneapolis flavor, but different. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the title track was real nice to hear because it yeah. was different, you know. It felt, sounded like him, but sounded like, uh, you know, he had he was searching out and finding his own thing. 
And <laughs> excuse me. Oh. And I know that's not and I know that's not easy. You know, it's mm-hmm. just not easy to do that when you've been associated so long with with an iconic artist like Prince and also with an iconic group like the time. Uh, you know, yeah. To, if you're yeah. already iconic in some ways, it's hard to to do to go one way or the other. You feel like you get boxed in and um I admire people who are able to do that, mm-hmm. be able to go, nope, actually I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this part of me, you know. Yeah, and I think I think he balanced it well, you know, even though in hindsight, you know, he was kind of struggling with, you know, either, you know, the Morris Day persona versus Morris Day the human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, that's a it's a very particular thing, you know. Yeah. It's a very specific character, and you know, and, and the clothes, the voice, yeah, the laughing, <laughs> like everything about it. Um, yeah, it's a fine line you have to walk to, you know, because yeah. you want to stay on brand, but you want to kind of craft your own brand and. It's again, none none of it is easy at Mm -hmm. that point, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the, I guess, unsung songs on that album was uh, The Character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I remember people talking about, I remember reading something about that too at the Mm -hmm. time before before I had heard it. Yeah. And And I got intrigued by it. Maybe even you told me about it before. Like before I had heard the whole record, I had been hearing. Oak Tree, and I think I had 45. Um, and somebody told me, or I read about, oh, you got to check out the character because there's yeah. some talk, you know, it's deep. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, an important thing to do, you know, and go investigate and put it right out there the stuff you're working on, the stuff you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, let's see, what's the Love Sign was another strong track. Mm hmm. Yeah, man, this is bringing me back. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's funny, right? Because it came out, I mean, it came out um, like, but, you know, it, it's pretty fast after Purple Rain, mm-hmm. like, if you think about it, you know what I mean? Like, just, what, maybe a year or so? A yeah, year it was a, a few months. Yeah, yeah, a year and a few months, yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the fall of 85, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, not a lot of time had passed and the, but it's this whole new thing yeah you know and you're like and you know as a young young musician you admire these people you're, you're thinking okay what happened here and what is this and what's what's this going to be like and especially as someone into minneapolis music you're kind of watching the, the different projects spin off and see whose allegiances are where yeah you know <laughs> and all that stuff um and it was it was interesting to to watch everybody kind of doing it, and then at the same time, uh, Paisley Park artists doing their thing, and you know, and as you know, being a young person, you wonder, well, why isn't he on Paisley Park? You know. Yeah, that's true. We didn't know that then, but we we didn't he, know that then. Yeah, but he, you know, he did go to them first and say, hey, you know, I want to go solo. What have you got? Oh, I didn't even that part. I didn't know. So oh. tell, tell me, tell me that story. Cause yeah, I think I know that story. Yeah, it's in uh, it's in Morris's book. Okay. Um, but yeah, he went to the Prince camp and said, "Hey, you know." Or he went to the with the managers Cavallo, oh yeah, yeah following McNaught, yeah, and said, "Hey, I want to go solo, and I want to do an album." And they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, we'll run it by Prince first. And so they come back and they say, "Well, Prince says cool. You can go solo, but he wants to be the executive producer." 
Okay. And Morris was like, oh, like, I know what that means. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I got to break free here. I right. got to do my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that story, so that's interesting. Yeah, because I remember being, you know, being a young musician, admiring these guys and going, um, you know, they're old, they're childhood friends. Like, well, why is Neil Peters apart? But again, you don't know, you don't know all the stuff, the business stuff that's going down behind. The scenes. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds about right, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun, you know, it's weird because it's like, yeah, we didn't know all of that. We had the mystery and the mystique, but then now, as the years have gone by, it is interesting to learn about it. Mm -hmm, and then, for some, sure. yeah, some cases too, it's like, yeah, but it was more fun with the mystery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you, when you, when you sort of came up with the stories on your own, or it was just left to wondering what it was. Like, you know, it's like, what is that? Or even just some of the stories about this, or, you know, just the songs, you know, who exactly is doing what? It's nice to read the info and then <clears throat> it's also kind of nice to go to dream well maybe that was wendy playing drums on there <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know this, you're right sometimes it's like all the all the data we have now can be overwhelming yeah yeah uh, but no less you know it's still fun still fun it's still fun i think you know because even back when we were you know 1920 you know, back in those days, we were like, oh, yeah, somebody's going to come out with a book or somebody's going <laughs> to tell the story, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, you know, tell the story. Yep. And then, you know, here we are. I still can't find that uh, Richard Pryor movie with uh, Morris Day. The, the Morris is in it? Yeah, I can't think of the one you're talking about. I definitely remember Fort Fairlane. I remember the show. Um, oh. And I remember him talking about going solo and he wasn't, he was in random notes. I remember that there's a picture of him in random notes in Rolling Stone. <clears throat> and he was talking a little bit about his direction and like leaving the time and stuff. And I remember being excited like about what he might do. And, but I don't remember the Richard Pryor part. Yeah. I'm sure once you, once you say the title, I'm sure I'll remember. Oh yeah. I found it right here. The mo It was titled Moving. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it was Morris Day, and this listed here is he was cast as Rudy something. It's got the something in the quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the scene. It was like Stacy Dash played uh, Richard Pryor's daughter. Ah, okay. and she meets Morris Day, and he was kind of like this. He was kind of like this pimp. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, but she brings him home and it's like, yeah, dad, yeah, this is the guy I'm going to marry. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard has to react to that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's, I'll, I'll check. I'll try and look for that scene. Yeah. <laughs> the classic. But yeah, I mean, you know, he, yeah, you're right. He's, um, he could have had a good career as a movie and television personality. Yeah, he had, he had the, he definitely had the comedic touch. In fact, I remember when Purple Rain came out, so many people talked about him. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. The, you, his timings and his presence and his style. Um, and even his, his acting, like, you know, he has he has one of the biggest um, re revealing, emotionally revealing uh, scenes after he teases um, the, uh, the kid. And then he feels bad. bad. Yeah. And then he show him that. And that's acting. Yeah. You know, it's like 
and that fell on Morris to do that, to have to go to it, somehow impart that he's posturing this stuff. Right. But he actually, as an old friend, did felt bad about doing that. Right. And um, and I remember that scene really well because it was like ah, it was very human. You know, it's yeah. like he he's 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 being Morris in front of everybody, but really it's not cool to say that to somebody right. whose family is clearly messed up and and you're just piling on and just adding to right yeah and then you see like you think man what cold dude but then they bothered to show that scene where he's mm -hmm. like you know reflecting on that and clearly not proud of what he just did yeah exactly although it was a funny line in the moment Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you know. Even it's, a, in the, it's a cold roast in the moment, but on it, the human side, it was one of those. It was kind of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a cold roast in the moment, but yeah. not the most uh, kind. Bad, yeah, yeah. That was pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what he does next with it. Um, like I said, it was a good, strong start. You know, it. I think it went gold. I think. I believe it I did. Yeah. yeah, it did well. Yeah, and yeah. he kicked. Yeah, kicked off a pretty strong tour with it. Uh, I saw him at the Budweiser Superfest, and that mm. was like in '86 when yeah. he was touring in support of this album. And you know, it it was kind of weird not seeing the time behind him. Uh, but he still has some pretty strong musicians mm, yeah. with him. And he still put on a pretty good show. The Budweiser Superfest. I saw the Budweiser Superfest in 84, I think. Um, <clears throat> and it was The Deal and Jesse Johnson and mm. Tina Marie oh, wow. Whispers. Yeah and maze oh <laughs> you know i learned a big lesson that day richard because I, I was thinking um I, I got the tickets just to see you know because we were youngsters we wanted to see the people that were jesse and and deal you know yeah <laughs> uh, that's kind of why i went and and tina so um and i mean i liked maze because they were but to me they were like a local band like you know, they were local, they were Oakland band. Mm. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'll see Maze because they're a cool local band. I didn't realize how gigantic they are. They're just- Oh, they're, dude, yes. They were, they headlined that show. I, I thought they were going to be somewhere in the middle. This is, this is no cap. This is me being clueless. Like I was, you know, the teenage boy going, mm. I came to see Jesse Johnson, Minneapolis <laughs> Funk. And then I, and I knew, I knew who Maze was and I liked them, but I, I, I was thinking, I was not thinking they were headlining. Um, I was thinking, oh, they're probably open because Jesse Johnson was in the time. <laughs> you know, that, that was in my head. What was going to happen? Um, and then Tina, I figured, would probably either be close to the headliner. But that's how it kind of it went. Deal, Je or no, I think Jesse was first. No, no, no. It was Deal, Jesse, Whispers, Tina, um, and Maze. Maze, yeah. I, I, that's I, I, yeah, and that, that yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and that sounds like knowing yeah. now the music business that makes total sense. Yeah, that's the that's really the only way 
at that level. I mean, no. it'd be ridiculous if Maze opened for these young upstart artists. It makes zero well, sense. Well, now, yeah. if Jesse had the number one record, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, then it would have yeah, been yeah. something else. But that's, I mean, just like, you know, that was just me being, having no clue about the music business and what's really happening. Because Maze had a much bigger reach, and especially if the show was in Oakland. So it's like, of course, Maze is gonna is gonna headline that and rock it. They were amazing. <laughs> they were really, really great. Yeah, uh, Tina, Tina was really good that night too. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw her in '94. Mm, yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I was trying to think. Um, I can't remember who headlined in '86, but it was. I can't remember the group before them, but then it was Morris. Then it was New Edition. Mm. God, I can't remember who the headline act was after that. Was what was eighty six? <coughs> yeah, Zavion, I got to look at my ticket. Mm. Was Xavion on the bill? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, they were not, and not just was, a. Like was was that? was Dream Boy. They were not on the <laughs> And just in case any of Xavier is watching, that is not a diss. Like, I liked that band. I thought they were cool. Um, I just, um, I'm trying to think of who would have headlined that. I guess we could probably look it up. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, my, I still got that ticket somewhere. I looked that one up. But yeah, I, I, what you were saying about Maze, uh, for me, I saw them in 82. And out here or in, in uh, uh yeah here in st louis and yeah. they well stevie was the headliner mm, okay. and they were before right before stevie and just like yeah. you it was like okay yeah, i've heard this songs on the radio it was like yeah you know whatever mm -hmm. but like you say my learning experience uh and it's it's weird about concerts when i was a kid because somehow my mom would know somebody that had like tickets and they always have like this extra ticket <laughs> but it was never, you know, I was never seated with the people, you know, it was like, <laughs> I'm so I'm riding to the concert with these strangers. <laughs> and then I'm like seated nowhere near them. But um, at least this one, I had some pretty good seats. I was like on the floor of the stadium <laughs> and I was seated next to this couple. And I had never heard of people that did this, but this couple, they were literally following Stevie. Mm, okay. across the country during this like tour yeah. stevie heads yeah so this is the first time i've heard about that but you know they also love frankie beverly and Maze, mm. and just off of their energy the way that they would talk about them I'm like okay mm. and yeah the minute they hit the stage i'm like yeah i was an instant fan for sure that. yeah you just you just you, you learn that when you go see them <clears throat> and like see i mean being from the Bay Area, I mean, I'd seen their stuff around forever. Always heard them on the radio. My brother's a huge Frankie Beverly fan. And, you know, but, you know, just being a dumb kid, you're like, but what about, like, Jesse's from the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I can think of. But Jesse's from the time. <laughs> they should be headlining. Um, Ooh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was talking about. Well, that was the thing. We, you know, uh, me, Alex B, you know, we were like, why is it Morris headlining? You know, Morris, new edition. Because this is pre-jam and Lewis new edition. So it was like, right, yeah. 
you know, them being a few years younger than us, it was like, man, forget them, man, you new edition. <laughs> <laughs> and forget Candy Girl. And all that. Candy now, Girl, Morris is telephone the... <laughs> man. Yeah, why we got to wait for that? Yeah. I saw a few years later, I saw Bobby Brown in Oakland um, on the uh -huh. Don't Be Cruel. Oh, is that the name of the record? Is the yeah. record called Don't Be Cruel? Yeah. On that, on that tour. Um, with a whole bunch of people, same thing. That was actually a really good show. Um, I can't remember who else was on it though, but it was um, Bobby and God. I can't remember. But it was a it was a bold bunch <laughs> of people. It was a good show. He was he was very uh, lively. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's a that that generation's David Ruff <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good comparison. Yeah, he was very exciting as a front part. I remember he jumped on Zorro's drum set. Oh wow! And he was just, <laughs> he was just like, yeah, like he was really high. You know, it was cool. Oh yeah, so that's back when concerts were fun. <laughs> and uh, they were, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Hold on oh, one no, second. Oh no problem. Hey, sorry about that. Uh, no problem. Yeah, so, but yeah, The Color of Success by Morris Day. Yep. Um, I think the CD you can still find um, is definitely on streaming. Uh, the vinyl. Oh, yeah. 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 You might look hard enough. You can probably find the vinyl for a reasonable price. Um, definitely. Um, this is also hard to find, too, but if you can find, like, the Japanese remaster of this album, definitely check Grab that out that. yes yeah some of those japanese remasters of funk albums are really good yeah the one out the one i've been looking for too is um or i've been keeping an eye out um is style mm. the cameo album okay. i love that i love that album for a bunch of reasons but one one standout reason is one of the first uh records where somebody played electronic drums the whole time. Larry Black was a great drummer. And, yeah. and, and he and he played those drums. They don't sound clunky when he played them. Mm. For that for that era and not to be clunky was really something. Nice. And that um, was, was that the Simmons or was that uh That might have been a Simmons. I'm not sure if if though if they were branded yet. I'm not sure what brand it would have been. It might have been Simmons. It sounded really cool. And I I really like it like that record. I had it on vinyl and cassette. And I've been looking for it on CD. I was, uh, I was, fa I'm Facebook friends with Tommy Jenkins, and I would bug him about it. When's that coming out on CD? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Um, Say one day. <laughs> and then I saw it. there's just some Japanese remaster for like you know 300 bucks or something. Um, it's someday. <laughs> but I, I like yeah. that record a lot. Yeah. Some and I got I did get the Japanese remaster of Feel Me. Mm, okay. Um, or a reissue. I don't know if it's a full remaster, but it's a reissue. And it sounded good. And it was yeah. nice to hear. Not to diverge too far over to the cameo world, but, you know. I know. We might have to, we, we might have to do a separate show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thinking about that. You know, the all-funk show. But, yeah, yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, it's like, dude, yeah, all the... Yeah, it's like the outrageous prices for cameo on CD. And style, yeah. yeah, just as just as an MP3, 
download on uh, Amazon Music. Uh, I might have to check like Discogs or something. Yeah, well, Discogs, I found um, another a clean vinyl copy that had um, uh, like a CDR burned from it. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, that wasn't that much. But just that, that Japanese re reissue was is expensive, the ones that I've seen. Yeah. Um, a little prohibitive, but um, but like you said, if it, I, I hadn't heard that about the Mars Day one, um, but if it's... Yeah, they were issued, uh, I want to say, either 2013, 2015. Mm, okay. uh, one of the listeners on this show um, got me some digital files of those and man i mean it's oh amazing yeah um i do have a physical copy of what time is it mm. and i'm gonna actually do a uh, cd versus vinyl so it'll be that japanese oh uh, nice okay. um cd versus an original pressing of the what time is it final so uh, nice. be on the lookout for that that's cool <laughs> i did i copped the um the andre simone reissues uh, yeah, I missed out on those. I think, yeah, no, they want a hundred bucks for those now too. Oh, really? I got them really early, so I didn't. Yeah. I, I got them at a, at a decent price, but it's cool to get all the twelve inches and stuff all in one thing. And that track, "Red Light," yeah, the B side. <laughs> I, I really love that song. Really nice to get that on the okay. AC extended. Sounds really nice. Yeah, cool. I, yeah, I guess I might have tracked down. I think um, "Surviving in the '80s" is still a reasonable price, but. The first, yeah, the first, and then the uh, last album of that '80s period. Yeah, yeah, it's like the prices have just skyrocketed. They're crazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I got them when I got yeah. them. <laughs> yep. So I mean, we got to save the funk. Let's you know get on these record labels and or you know get these artists to get their masters back and yeah, yeah, so we can get this stuff back at a reasonable price. You know. Yeah, because it's a little crazy when it's all these colors, when they're just stuck in collector world. Yeah. Because then, you know, it's, I mean, when, when most stuff is just available for streaming now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> makes it kind of difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you uh, know, brings you back to those days when you would hunt for something too. So Yeah. Uh, right, so, yeah, so the little uh, Skype, the little Zoom thing has popped up again. So we're going to okay. leave the color of success and we're going to move on to the spotlight which is going to be the beautiful strange video which oh, was, yeah. yeah released on vhs back in was that late 1988 88 i mean 88 90, 98 yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in 1998 and the first half of the video yeah it was a interview with Prince done by Mel B of Spice Girls fame. Mm -hmm. And the second half of the video was a concert. It was in London. I can't think of the name of the club at the moment, but uh, probably, you know, one of a pretty good performance mm -hmm. by Prince. And, um, and there's still little clips of that online too. Yeah. Up. yeah. YouTube. Yeah. I think um, now that the estate, yeah, I think they put up a bunch of clips from that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, that, um, I bought the VHS. Um, the interview itself was, I don't know, it was interesting because, mm -hmm. you know, you know, you and I come from a period where we never heard Prince talk, mm -hmm. 
you know, interviews were like once every four or five years. Yeah, so and, see him chatting away. Yeah. Comfortable and chatting away. <laughs> right, and getting deep um, and metaphysical mm-hmm. and philosophical. and Yeah, he was know. comfortable with her. He was comfortable with Kurt Loder in that that one interview around, I can't remember the, the era. Yeah, but um, At the same time, yeah, 99, yeah. 2000, yeah. Yeah, right. Everyone says like somewhere late eighty, late nineties, some sometime. He was really comfortable with Kurt. He was comfortable with Mel. Um, and you know, there's been other people. I think he's kind of like um, like a lot of introverts, where you know, if he doesn't know you, it's all clam. But once he likes you, you might become a chatterbox, you know, yeah. <laughs> like and just and just feel like um, and just you know, just spill it. And you know, that makes sense because you, yeah. you want you know, if you're Especially if you're a celebrity, you got to be guarded in some ways about what you talk about. And, but if there's a homie next to you, you can talk really freely yeah. and feel okay about it. Yeah, and he's definitely feeling—he's feeling fine with her. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, um, especially this period where, you know, he's no longer tied to a major record label. Um, you know, he won his independence. You know, it was still a matter of getting the master recordings back. But he was very comfortable with where he was at that time. And yeah, I mean, I love that part of the video. Um, even the little stuff before, you know, where he was recording the song Beautiful Strange. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it was kind of contrived, but it was still kind of cool to see him in the studio. Right, like, doing oh, stuff. And... Oh, that's how he does it. The microphone is hanging off the soundboard. So he's not in the booth. He's sitting in the and chair. He's right, sitting right at the at the board. Yep, direct inject. You know, <laughs> it's interesting because I mean, right that, that that era, there were a lot of like random singles just being fired at us from him. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, just right around there, just like boom, boom, boom. Like just was that same like props and pounds? I want, I want to say it's right around then too. Right, right exactly. Yeah, okay, all yeah, of that. So, yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> it's like, uh, like you just like it was this constant like, oh, that single, this single, the the cyber, all the cyber singles, like that. Yeah, yep, cyber out. single. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> one song. Oh, he was really using the internet to his advantage, like realizing I can just put my own work out. Yeah, you know, and it's very inspiring for musicians, you know, to go. Yeah, he's he was already on this thing like you. We're talking about being the MPG Music Club and stuff, and just like um, having access to stuff, to his stuff, because he wanted to put work out, and you don't have to be in this bottleneck of a of the labels mechanisms. You mm-hmm. can just put it online and, yep. <laughs> and call it out, and you know it took everybody. Now it's like the normal thing, you know. Yeah, that was... everybody does it now. Just upload your song and call it published. Yeah, but back then it was the big thing. People didn't take it seriously. Like if you weren't putting it through the mechanisms of the business, and it wasn't ending up on a tower, which doesn't exist anymore. Oh uh, yeah, um, Tower Records, or you know whatever the record store is. If it wasn't ending up at the chain record stores or the great or the big independent record stores. People didn't think it was a legit release. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you know. That's all it is. That's all just, it is. You just throw it on addition. YouTube or throw yeah. it on SoundCloud. And... Yep. And that's Here a release. Different paradigm. And um, he was definitely already seeing, oh, this is the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know? And I can't even remember all, all the 
all of the uh, songs that came out around that, around the top of Beautiful Strange. Um, again, my, my friend Anthony Two Moons would always keep me posted on, uh, oh, this one dropped, and this one, Do you, did you hear this one yet? I'd be like, nah. Was this Slaughterhouse? Is that the same, same thing? Yeah, that, that can't, yeah. Slaughterhouse, Chocolate Invasion. Chocolate yeah, Invasion, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's all that era, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 98 to whatever, 2001 or two, yeah. I yeah, mean, just like the slew of singles that you blink and you miss them. Like if you didn't download them, if you didn't somehow get a hold of them, you yeah, miss if you weren't this in whole the whole bunch of stuff that it's put out. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't in the whatever. I, yeah, I don't think I was in that NPG Music Club then. I didn't join until like right around two thousand four. Okay, with that. Yeah, so, I, yeah I so I had missed all of those. But yeah, when they put out the Slaughterhouse and the Chocolate Invasion, so I was able to get all of that, and then. <laughs> The song Beautiful Strange ended up on that, what is that, Rave into the Joy Fantastic? Mm, right, right. Yeah. Into, yeah. Yeah. So I was able to get it that way, but it was still on the video. They played like in between the interview and then the live performance at the club. Then they actually played the Beautiful Strange song. Mm, and yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I love that. Okay. So we'll have about two minutes. Okay. Two minutes left. All right, so cool. So, uh, any final thoughts on Beautiful Strange? Like, I mean, I love the, I love the performance too. Like I said, probably not like uh, compared to the legendary performances, uh, but right. it was great energy, great band, and definitely um, showed them at that time. Like, and I just mm -hmm. think again, what it mostly makes me think of is his use of the internet during that time, because there's a whole bunch of pieces that were like. Oh yeah, he's doing that, and it felt like it felt underground, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, even though you know he's clearly a major label artist, and he had been you know doing the stuff with with Arsta and stuff, and it's but he was keeping his ear like right to the cutting edge of of distribution and stuff, and that's uh, you know just another one of the ways he was inspiring. Yeah, and I mean definitely something that needs a re-release. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, now yeah. we get down to minute and a half to go so i guess with that definitely we want to see this uh re-released on dvd blu-ray digital amazon wherever so <laughs> hopefully the prince estate will be listening so but that's going to wrap up this episode of amari purple talk want to thank my guest mr pc munoz for dropping by and it's dropping great some, to be here yeah, dropping some knowledge on the ear snacks <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate us, being here, man. Anytime. Uh, quickly tell us where we can find you online. Um, you can find me at PCMunoz.com. It's PCMunoz.com. Uh, Bandcamp is PC. Two to the last day, to the last damn we fall. Yeah.